Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the GynoBits podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Susie Weber, board-certified gynecologist and menopause specialist. On the GynoBits podcast, we'll cover women's health issues with a focus on menopause, bovovaginal conditions, and sexual health. If you are struggling with perimenopausal or menopausal symptoms and you're not getting the help that you would like from your gynecologist or physician and you don't know where to turn for information, you can contact me through my webpage, healthiermenopause.com, or email me at drweber at healthiermenopause.com to set up a one-on-one consultation so that we can discuss your concerns and make a menopause plan that is right for you. Hello everyone. Today I wanted to talk about the vulva, my favorite body part. There are so many things I could talk about, but somehow I always seem to come back to the vulva because I just think it's an underappreciated body part. And I see so many women in my practice that struggle with chronic vulvar itching, vulvar skin disorders that they're not even aware that they've had. I see a lot of patients that have been going to the same gynecologist year after year after year, and they have a chronic skin disorder that's not been recognized. And by the time I see them, their anatomy is distorted. They've got scarring, cracking, pain. So it's just an important topic. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that not all things that cause vulvar or vaginal itching are yeast. So if you think you have a yeast infection, you treat it over the counter, doesn't get better, then go see someone to see what else is going on because you could have some type of allergic reaction to the products that you're using. You could have some kind of contact irritation if you are struggling with things like overactive bladder, urinary incontinence, you might have some kind of reaction to the pads that you're using. You might have a reaction to products that you're using such as detergents, things that you're wiping with, washing with. And you know, in fact, just sometimes women assume that they're itching because of bad hygiene and they actually ramp up their vulvar cleansing regimen. And so they're overwashing, over-soaping, they're using scented wipes, they are applying sprays down there. I can't even think of the names right now, but all of the feminine hygiene washes and sprays and things like that that have all those goofy names of scents like golden sunrise or peach, mango, things like that. I mean, why do you why do you want or why should your vulva smell like peach mango? It makes no sense. It's insane to me. Anyway, the other thing to consider if things don't get better with regards to your itching is that you could have a chronic skin disorder and one chronic disorder is called lichen sclerosis. The funny thing is if you Google it, some websites will say that it's a rare skin condition, but really if you're a dermatologist or a gynecologist, it's not rare. You're seeing this very commonly. For me as a gynecologist, granted I see a a lot of vulvas and I get a lot of patients referred to me for vulvar problems, but it's not uncommon. It can occur anywhere between one in 30 women to one in 300 to one in a thousand. Men can have lichen sclerosis and you can have lichen sclerosis skin patches over other parts of your body. But for me, I'm really seeing women with vulvar lichen sclerosis. The reason it's an important thing to know that you have is that the skin becomes inflamed and loses its pigment. It gets brittle and cracks. 
and it can cause scarring. You can have resorption or loss of your labia minora, which are the small lips that don't have hair on them. And sometimes you can also get scarring over the clitoral hood so that the clitoris becomes buried. You can have a loss of caliber or size of the vaginal opening that makes normal sexual activity painful or nearly impossible. And lichen sclerosis, is also associated with an increased risk of vulvar cancer. Now, if you wanna see what it generally looks like, Google lichen sclerosis of the vulva and you'll, you will see some images. If you catch it, you can treat it and we treat it with a topical steroid ointment. And depending on how bad the lichen sclerosis is, it may need to be treated daily with ointment for several months and then wean down on the ointment. And nowadays the general recommendation is to continue maintenance steroid treatment on a weekly basis to keep it from recurring. And if you've been diagnosed with lichen sclerosis, you absolutely need to get a vulvar examination every year. And if you're having issues before that, you need to be seen. There are other skin disorders that can cause itching and irritation, but a lot of the treatments are very similar. The first step in calming down vulvar irritation or itching is going to be hygiene. So you want to cleanse the vulva gently. You don't really even need soap down there. If you absolutely feel like you have to use soap, get something very, very gentle like Dove or Basis, unscented. Or for a lot of my patients that are really struggling with vulvar irritation and burning really bad lichen sclerosis where they have cracks and fissures in the skin that burn, I recommend just using plain warm water in their hands just to gently cleanse, patting the area dry with very, very soft cloths. You can pick up a 10 pack of baby washcloths on Amazon for pretty cheap and those can be used instead of toilet paper and rougher washcloths. Do not use wipes. A lot of wipes, even though they're marketed for babies, they can have alcohols and other ingredients in them that can be irritating. If you absolutely have to use a wipe or you need to you know, wipe away particulate matter like feces, then you can get something called water wipes. They're usually gonna be in the baby butt aisle. They're 99% water with a little bit of grapefruit extract. Those may be less irritating. Then what we need to do is we need to restore the normal barrier function to that skin. So the vulvar skin is way more delicate than the skin on the rest of our body. And then when it's been compromised with inflammation, it's even more delicate. So I usually recommend just using Vaseline or Petrolatum jelly as a barrier that you can apply several times throughout the day. It's also nice if you have the ability to get a squirt bottle, like a Pericare bottle that you can use, fill it with warm water and just rinse your vulva off after you go to the restroom. That can remove urine, feces, sweat, things that can cause more irritation in that area. If you have a bidet, that's great too. If you're gonna get a bidet and you have the funds, get one that's heated. My husband went cheapo on Amazon, got an unheated bidet. That sucker is cold. I have used it once. I'm never gonna use it again. I about had a heart attack when I used it. It was so cold. Not sure why it went cheap. We splurge on everything else. But anyway, I digress. If you don't like Vaseline, 
you know, you wanna apply it thinly. You don't want anything that's gonna get too greasy and soak through your clothing or anything like that. I have had a lot of patients that do really well with coconut oil or olive oil. They find these oils very soothing and very gentle, but you just want something to protect that skin. And going with products that are single ingredient is gonna be best to limit your exposure to other ingredients and chemicals and such. The next most important thing is do not scratch. This is very important. I know it itches. I know it feels temporarily good when you scratch it, but that throws you into this itching and scratching cycle and it makes things worse. Now, if you wake up scratching at night, you know, that's not your fault. You're asleep. You don't know what the hell's going on, but get some cotton gloves or put some um, socks on your hands. You can also, before bed, use some cool compresses. Don't get a bag of frozen peas and stick it down there. That icy, freezy temperature is going to be too irritating to the skin. You also could take some Benadryl, something like that to make you sleepy, or your doctor could prescribe a a different antihistamine that can make you sleepy, but sometimes that will help as well. Then you're going to want to look at your wardrobe. So you want to wear wicking fabrics like cotton underwear. If you can get away with going commando in the house or at bedtime, that's going to be helpful as well. And if you work out, get out of those sweaty workout clothes. If you don't have time for a full shower, do a rinse, you know, a rinse off or bring your peri bottle. Or if you have some gentle water wipes or something like that, just to remove the irritants, that may help. Now, I just want to give a little bit more information on lichen sclerosis. As I mentioned, for me as a gynecologist, I'm going to see it in women in the vulvar area. That's what they're coming to me for, but you can have it in other places in your body and men can have it as well tends to occur most often in prepubertal girls and menopausal women, but you can see it across all age groups. So if you've got someone in their 30s, don't think that it couldn't be lichen sclerosis, but there seems to be some kind of hormonal connection. You know, in fact, I've, I've picked it up a couple times in patients during pregnancy because we are doing pelvic exams at the end of the pregnancy, checking the cervix to see if they're dilated. And so I have ha- had a couple patients that didn't know they had lichen sclerosis and we found it during their pregnancy. And it can be treated during pregnancy because it's just treated with a topical steroid ointment and that's not going to cause any problems. We don't know exactly what causes lichen sclerosis, but there seems to be an autoimmune component to it. We see it more in women with thyroid disease. It may be genetic. It seems to occur more frequently in family members. And like I mentioned, there was there is this hormonal type of connection as well. And it's important to figure out what's going on before someone has scarring, loss of anatomy, and scarring that can lead to painful intercourse. And again, the most worrisome thing would be if this was going on long-term, there is that risk of a squamous cell carcinoma or a cancer of the vulva. And I have had patients in my practice that have developed vulvar cancers and vulvar dysplasias, precancers, fortunately that were caught early so that they did very well. Now the appearance of the skin with lichen sclerosis, it can have very subtle changes. And certainly if there's itching, that can precede skin changes. But the most common thing that I see in my patients are areas of white skin, generally over the clitoral hood, extending down in the labia minora. You can even have it over the perineum and down in the anal area as well. It almost looks like a figure of eight distribution. Sometimes there is cracking of the skin. The skin has this crinkly white appearance. 
it also becomes very delicate. Even though the superficial layers can be a little bit thickened, skin itself is very delicate. So you can have areas of bruising and trauma. Sometimes I will treat women based on clinical examination, what the vulva looks like, because I've seen enough lichen sclerosis to know what it is. If there is any area that looks more worrisome, I'm worried about a precancer or cancer, or I'm not exactly sure what's going on, then I will take a biopsy. And sometimes it's nice just to have that biopsy really to make that diagnosis. And a vulvar biopsy, it ain't fun, but it's not that bad. If we know we're going to do a biopsy, we can prescribe some local anesthetic cream that someone applies prior to the biopsy appointment. And then when they come in for the appointment, I use a tiny, tiny little needle to put some local anesthesia in that area. And then there's basically a three to four millimeter sample of skin that I take. And I'll put a tiny little stitch in there afterwards just because I don't like to apply cautery. I feel like it's much more irritating and and damaging to that tissue. Sometimes a biopsy is not always conclusive because lichen sclerosis can have different stages. There can be a lot of overlap between skin conditions. And so sometimes the biopsy is really just to rule out a precancer or cancer or anything like that. Sometimes we just have to go based on what we see clinically and what it could be based on the biopsy. And sometimes we have to do more than one biopsy if if the area is not responding to our current treatment or things aren't getting better, they're looking worse, new lesions appear, then a repeat biopsy may become necessary. Now, as I mentioned, the treatment for lichen sclerosis is gonna be fastidious, vulvar hygiene and care, being very gentle to that area. If I have someone that's perimenopausal or menopausal, I will also treat her vagina and vulva with estrogen because that will make the tissue healthier in general, makes that skin less thin and more resistant to inflammation and pH changes. And then generally the first line of treatment is going to be clobetazole ointment, which is a very potent steroid ointment. And there are some other ones that we use. If a woman doesn't respond to that, then there are other topical medications that we use. Sometimes I will actually inject steroid into areas that aren't responding to treatment, especially if I have a patient that's older or obese or maybe doesn't have good dexterity and she can't reach the right area to apply the ointment to, I will do an injection. Follow-up is so important. So I will have women apply the ointment daily, usually have them apply it after a bath or a shower. It'll be absorbed better at that point in time. And I'll just have them use it once daily. It's questionable whether they could absorb that much more ointment or have that much more benefit doing it twice a day. If the skin's really fried and frazzled and they just want to scratch all the time, then I may have them do it twice a day just so they're getting a little bit of relief until some of that itchiness wears off. And really a small amount of ointment is all it takes, probably less than a pea size to cover a very large area on the vulva. And if it's a small area, less will work fine. They really need to rub that ointment in for 30 to 60 seconds to make sure they get it absorbed. And it can take a while for the skin to respond to that ointment because it'll take a while for it to be absorbed through that those thicker upper layers of the skin. Depending on how bad it is, I'll have someone come back in six to eight weeks and then I am following them until I get the skin looking better. And then I try to wean it down 
from daily five five times a week three times a week and if everything's looking good at that point then the recommendation is continue once a week or so maintenance and sometimes i'll just have them use the clovetazole ointment other times if the skin looks really good yeah, i may just go down to a less potent steroid and have them use that once or twice weekly and then i'll see them in follow-up you know every six to twelve months at a minimum, I tell them if you have had lichen sclerosis or a chronic vulvar skin condition, you need to be seen every year. It doesn't matter if you need a pap every three to five years. It doesn't matter what your PCP says. A gynecologist or someone that's familiar with lichen sclerosis needs to be looking at your vulva every year. And if there's itching or symptoms in between, you need to get in sooner than that. Anyway, I'm getting a little excited here because I just feel so passionately about this. And a couple weeks ago, I saw a lady in my practice that hadn't been to the doctor for years. She had been dealing with chronic vulvar itching for over a decade. And she'd just been, you know, slapping things down there. Gosh, I can't remember what she was applying. If she was just putting desitin or something like that down there. Do not let this go for years. Don't let it go for months. If you're having itching, it doesn't respond to some basic vulvar hygiene, get in to see a gynecologist. If you have lichen sclerosis, you may find additional resources online. I would recommend checking out the ISSVD. It's the International Society for the Study of Vulvovaginal Disease. There are also a couple of podcasts. One is called The Vulva Diaries, which is recorded by an OBGYN who is a member of the ISSVD and specializes in vulvar dermatology. There's also a lichen sclerosis podcast and a lichen sclerosis support network. Of course, these are not substitute for medical advice, but may be helpful. Thank you for joining me for today's GynoBits podcast. If you like this podcast, please like, subscribe, and share. Just a reminder that this is not medical advice and you should consult with your personal physician. Also, the opinions and views are mine only and do not reflect those of my employer. If you would like more information or to consult with me, please go to my webpage, healthiermenopause.com. You can also find me on Instagram at healthiermenopause and Facebook, menopausemd.com.